0: grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. The Old Testament lesson for this 11th Sunday after Pentecost is is found in the book of Exodus, chapter 16, beginning at the second verse. This is the account of the giving of manna from heaven by the Lord to the Israelites. In fact, the word manna in Hebrew literally means, what is it? Exodus, chapter 16. The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat around pots of meat and ate as much food as we wanted. But now you have brought us out into this wilderness to have this whole community die of hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Watch what I will do. I will rain down bread from heaven for you, and the people will go out each day, and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test whether they will follow my instructions or not. On the sixth day, they will prepare what they bring in, and it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, "At evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of that land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your constant grumbling against the Lord. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses said, Now the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening, and as much bread as you want in the morning, because the Lord has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? Your grumbling is not against us but against the Lord then Moses said to Aaron tell the entire Israelite community come before the Lord because he has heard your grumbling as Aaron spoke to the entire Israelite community they turned toward the wilderness and suddenly the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud the Lord spoke to Moses I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites say to them at evening you will eat meat And in the morning you will eat bread until you are full. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So in the evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, a layer of dew surrounded the camp. When the layer of dew was gone, there were flakes on the surface of the wilderness, thin as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? Because they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given to you as food to eat. This is the word of our Lord. The epistle lesson is Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at the 17th verse. So I tell you this, and testify to it in the Lord. Do not walk any longer as the Gentiles walk, in their futile way of thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. Because they have no sense of shame, they have given themselves over to sensuality with an ever-increasing desire to practice every kind of impurity but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard of him and were taught in him, since the truth is in Jesus, as far as your former way of life is concerned, you were taught to take off the old self, which is corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be renewed continually in the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self, which has been created to be like God in righteousness and true holiness. This is the word of our God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 6th chapter, beginning at the 24th verse. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them, Amen, amen, I tell you. You are not looking for me because you saw the miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not continue to work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So they said to him, What should we do to carry out the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. Then they asked him, So what miraculous sign are you going to do, that we may see it and believe you? "'What miraculous sign are you going to perform? "'Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, "'just as it is written, "'He gave them bread from heaven to eat.' "'Jesus said to them, "'Amen, amen, I tell you, "'Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, "'but my Father gives you the real bread from heaven. "'For the bread of God is the one "'who comes down from heaven "'and gives life to the world. "'Sir,' they said to him, Give us this bread all the time. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. The one who comes to me will never be hungry, and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of God's word for consideration this morning is the gospel, John chapter 6, beginning at verse 24. I want to read these words for us again, the entire lesson. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them, Amen, amen, I tell you, you were not looking for me because you saw the miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not continue to work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So they said to him, What should we do to carry out the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. Then they asked him, So what miraculous sign are you going to do that we may see it and believe you? What miraculous sign are you going to perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it is written. He gave them bread to eat, bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I tell you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said to him, give us this bread all the time. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. The one who comes to me will never be hungry, and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the gospel of our Lord. Dear fellow redeemed sons and daughters of God most high, brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, what makes for a good diet? Is it the food pyramid that we were taught decades ago? I think that's now gone out of fashion. Or maybe it's been modified so many different times, I, I can't keep track of it anymore. I mean, the, the sweet stuff was on top, and I think it was the small part of the pyramid, and that, that meant that you weren't supposed to have a lot of those. And At the bottom was, like, the, the, the meats, or the, the, the grains, and the kind of the basic foods, and ve- vegetables, I think that was down there. Like I said, I can't keep track of it, because it changes so many times. When my great-grandparents were living on the farm back in Michigan, just outside of Ann Arbor, the basic diet was meat and potatoes, right? And you remember that too. Meat and potatoes. That was it. Whether it was chicken or beef or pork, meat and potatoes. Maybe there were some other vegetables thrown in for some variety, but that was it. In many parts of the world, Bread is the basic staple. It's called, in some places, the staff of life. Now, you might have other items that go along with your meal, but bread is the basics. And if you don't have bread, you don't even have a meal in some parts of the world, even today. And that was certainly the case in Jesus' day. Bread was the basics. Uh, whether it was leavened bread, bread made with yeast, or unleavened bread, bread made without yeast, rather flat, of course, but, but good for travel. And It would last a whole lot longer because without the yeast, it wouldn't go bad. Bread was the basics. And in this section of God's word, the people of Israel, the people of northern Israel, remember Jesus and his disciples are in the northern area of Israel, or around the Sea of Galilee, around Capernaum. They had just fed the people the feeding of the 5,000. One of Jesus' miracles, a rather showy miracle, if you will. 5,000 men, that didn't include the women and children, so we're talking about maybe fifteen to 20,000 people fed with just a few loaves of bread, and a few fish, and there were more leftovers, 12 baskets full, than when they started. Truly a miracle. Jesus had withdrawn to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. The people were like, well, where'd he go? So they tried to follow him, and they caught up with him. And that's where this section of God's word starts. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And he answered them. And he knew their hearts, because he's Jesus. He's God. True God, true man. He's able to read their hearts. He knows they're not coming after him because they want to hear his teaching. They're coming after him because they want to make him king by force. He says, Amen, amen, I tell you, you are not looking for me because you saw the miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. You had a good meal. Oh, it was a miracle, but they weren't focused on the miracle. They weren't focused on the fact that this miracle showed He is the Son of God, as was predicted and prophesied in the Old Testament, which the people would have known. They went to synagogue as we go to worship today. They heard the Old Testament readings as we hear the Old Testament and the epistle and the gospel in our worship today. They heard the Old Testament, the prophecies that pointed forward to Jesus. They saw the miracles that showed him to be the Son of God, the promised Messiah, but they weren't interested in that. They wanted the bread. They wanted the fish. They didn't want to go to work. They were interested in getting in their boats and following Jesus. And then he said, do not continue to work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life. And it's an interesting play on words here that Jesus talks about. It's a word here, when Jesus talks about the food that spoils, he uses a Greek verb here that the Apostle John is going to repeat in a name in the book of Revelation when he talks about Satan, the destroyer. He says, he was cast into the abyss and his name is Abaddon in Hebrew and Apollyon in Greek. It means the destroyer. And here that word that means spoils is that Greek verb based on that Greek noun, Apollyon, it means to utterly destroy. And Jesus' point here is, don't focus on the here and now that leads utterly to eternal destruction. But focus on the food that endures to eternal life. And these words of God, this gospel is not just for the people of Israel almost 2,000 years ago, but this is also for us. Jesus is not just speaking to them, but also to us here today. Don't focus on what leads and can lead if we focus on it to the exclusion of Christ in our eternal life ultimately to our eternal demise namely to hell but focus on Christ because he's going to say later I am the bread of life that which leads to life eternal, that which remains to life eternal he says which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. God has shown, God the Father has shown, this Jesus of Nazareth, this Jesus, son of Joseph and Mary, is not just a man, but God has placed his seal of approval. God has given His testimony, that's another possible translation for that verb, has given His testimony, the Old Testament. This is the promised Messiah. This is the Savior of the world. This is the one to come and has now come. This is the one who will rescue all mankind, all humanity, from sin, from death, from the power of Satan. This is the one who gives salvation, By his death on the cross, the people go on and say, what should we do to carry out the works of God? What do we have to do? Is it up to what we have to do to earn God's favor? What do we have to do to to earn that salvation? The people are saying, "What, what, 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 what works of God must we do in order to gain that salvation? It seems from the text, though, their minds are still on the bread, on the earthly bread, on the loaves and the fishes that they had eaten not long ago. What do we have to do to get this earthly food? Of course, Jesus, still knowing their hearts, he always is pointing them to the spiritual. Why? Why does Jesus not just turn his back on them and say, you know, you guys just don't get it? I'm just going to go away, I'm just going to walk away from you, you don't get it, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago, in the gospel reading, this time from Mark chapter 6, the last verse there, Jesus looked out to the crowds and his heart went out to them. Greek actually says it a little bit more graphical if you will a little bit more intense you know when we're bothered by something we we feel it in our minds right we're sorrowful in our minds and and if it's even more intense we might feel it in our hearts but when we get some real crushing news say a loved one has been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Or, or we hear of a loved one who has died. You feel it here, don't you? You ever have that? You, you don't feel it here, you don't feel it here. You feel it here. You feel it in your guts. That's literally what the Greeks said. When Jesus looked out on the crowds that were Like sheep without a shepherd. He felt it in his guts. Jesus truly had gut wrenching compassion on the people. He didn't give up on that. They keep going after this bread and fish, and they're like, We want a meal. We want you to be our bread king. We want you to keep feeding us like you did before. And Jesus keeps pointing them back. He says, this is the work of God. I'm going to keep pointing you back. He says that you believe in the one he has sent. that points you back to eternal life. How do we do that? How do the people do that? Can we just wake up one day and say, I think today I'm going to believe in God. I think just by myself, I'm going to change from unbeliever to believer. I think by myself, I'm just going to go from from rank sinner and enemy of God, because scripture, that's what scripture calls us. We were enemies of God, right? We heard in the epistle that Paul talks about the difference between unbeliever and believer. How how do we make that change? Paul also says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's not you and I that decide one day I'm going to be a believer. I'm going to accept Christ in my heart. I'm going to make that change from rank unbeliever to believer. No, it's the Holy Spirit that works in us. For many of us, it was at baptism when we were so very young. Through water and the word, the Holy Spirit comes to us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit working through the word of God. The Holy Spirit continuing to work in us through the sacrament of the altar, the body and blood of Christ, in with and under the bread and the wine, in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, the Holy Spirit working in us, creating and sustaining that faith, that we might believe in Christ, we might believe in Him who was one for us salvation, who has washed away our sins, who has died for all people of all time. Yes, even these, these Israelites, who just couldn't seem to get it just like us What times just can't seem to get it and we fall into the old habitual sins that seem to haunt us so the Israelites that go back to us said so what miraculous sign are you going to do that we may see and believe you Mirac- what miraculous sign are you going to perform and in case you need a hint Jesus our fathers ate the man in the wilderness, just as it is written. He gave them bread to you from heaven to eat. You know, if you'd really like to perform a sign, that last one you did was pretty nice. If You could do that one again. That might help us along the way. Again, our hearts are on the earthly. Sometimes our hearts get focused on the earthly too. Now to be sure, God does provide for our earthly needs, doesn't he? God who gives us talents and the ability to work, to provide for our families. And sometimes we might be tempted to say, look at what I have done. Look at the skills I have. We don't always give thanks to God. Or even as we do give thanks to God, we Sometimes focus only on the here and now, and it's easy to do because we are flesh and blood. We know this life. Since the day we've been born, we've been immersed in this life. And we're also tempted by things around us that say, focus on this life. But the Lord Lord wants us to focus especially on him and for what he's won for us in heaven above. Yes, he does want us to care for our bodies. He does want us to care for the temple of the Holy Spirit that he has given us. He doesn't want us to neglect our bodies. He doesn't want us to just let them go to rot. But he doesn't want these bodies and this world around us to be the be-all and end-all. He wants us to focus on the spiritual, which is more important. Because he says, amen, amen, I, I tell you. And, and this word, amen, from the Hebrew, meaning truth. Truly, truly, truth, truth. And he, he doesn't say it twice because he stutters. He says it twice so that they get it. This is important. Pay attention here. Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the real bread from heaven. Stop focusing on the earthly. Sometimes we need that admonition from Jesus. Stop focusing on the earthly. We all need to hear it, myself included. But my Father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Who is the one who came down from heaven? Jesus Christ. And who is the one who gives life to the world? Real life. Our earthly life our physical lives they will come to an end but eternal life is just that eternal one for us by Christ heaven above we will be in glory with God forever eternal life as Jesus said before the food that endures to eternal life the glories of heaven and then Jesus goes on and says, I am the bread of life. Now oh, it's easy to pass over those first two words, I am. Simple, easy words in English as they are in Greek. Let's hearken back to Exodus. Let's hearken back to that stained glass window, the, the fourth one on this side over here. Moses at the burning bush. Moses said, who shall I say sent me? The the Israelites asked, "Who who shall I say sent me? And God said, I am sent you. The name of the Lord. And Jesus here is echoing those words. Now, not just anybody can say that, but only God can say that. I am. God is the great I am. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The one who was from the beginning, who is now, and will be forever. Jesus, often in the book of John, uses these statements. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. And here he says it. I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will never be hungry. And the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. Again, he's speaking of the spiritual how do we come to Jesus as I said earlier not of our own volition not that we wake up one day and say today I'm gonna come to Jesus today I'm gonna turn from my life of sin and be a believer in Jesus It's the Holy Spirit who brings us to Christ as we come to Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit We'll never be hungry. Christ feeds us through his word and through his sacraments. He feeds us. He feeds our faith. He makes us strong. As we sang earlier in the hymn, just before the sermon, Satan desires to snatch that away. Who's going to give us that life-giving power to say no to Satan, to stand firm with those assaults of Satan come? The Christ who feeds us and strengthens us. And as a result, we're never hungry. And the one who believes in him will never be thirsty. The Israelites were living in in an arid type area. Food and water, when they were scarce, things got critical. Without Jesus in our life, without the word of God, Jesus in our life, things get critical spiritually jesus desires that we stay connected to him that we have him always now we continue to live this life we continue to feed our bodies physically that we may remain on this planet and and do the work of god that he has told us to do to go and make disciples of all nations to continue to do his will here at salem and out in the community as god sees fit to Place people before us that we may tell others about Christ and the eternal life that he has won for us and won for all people. But don't lose sight of the fact that we also have something greater. We have eternal life through Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life. Amen. May the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is May God bless you today and every day.